Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. I shared in my last episode that I tend to record several episodes at a time when I can do that. And I was joking in the last episode, and it's still because I'm still sitting here recording. So I need to explain some sounds that you might hear in the background. Uh, I have since learned since I recorded the last episode that my neighbor here at my office complex is it's called Tipton Haynes Historic Site and you're not going to believe this but they're actually over there doing a Civil War reenactment (laughs) so what that means is once in a while there's these loud sounds as they're, I assume, shooting off cannons over there. I don't even know what is going on over there, but apparently it's pretty realistic because the sounds I can literally feel in my bones when they go off. And I I had to decide, you know, do I want to pack everything up and just wait for another day? And I decided, no, I'm not going to do that because life is not that way. Life presents you some things and you just have to just roll with it and just keep on going. And given the topic that I'm getting ready to talk about, which is being in a relationship with a gaslighter and a manipulator, seeing as how frequently that feels like you're on a battlefield yourself, then maybe we can just view it as appropriate background music (laughs) to the topic of the episode. So if you do hear something like that occasionally, at least you'll know what it is and you won't be alarmed. In the last episode, I described that in a People magazine article I had seen on the Dixie Chicks, but they now they call themselves just the Chicks, they have released an album called Gaslighter. And I thought that would be an interesting episode to talk about. We'll be talking about what it's like to be in a relationship with a gaslighter, but also with just a manipulator in general. A gaslighter is a manipulator, but like on steroids. All manipulators are not gaslighters, but all gaslighters are manipulators, if that makes some sense to you. Um, Like I said, uh, you take manipulation on steroids and you get gaslighter. Plus, you probably throw in a few other things, too. (laughs) Anyway, so let's just kind of start out with just some definitions The first definition that I've got is from Quora, spelled Q-U-O-R-A dot com. And a writer named Charlene Dargay came, she wrote in, and she says, Gaslighting describes a form of psychological abuse in which the victim is gradually manipulated into doubting his or her sanity. The term originated from the 1938 play Gaslight by the British dramatist Patrick Hamilton and two film adaptations in 1940 and 1944, both named Gaslight, 
about a woman whose husband slowly manipulates her into believing that she is going insane. Now, the title stems from the gas lights in the house, which dim whenever the husband secretly turns them on in the attic while searching for hidden jewels. Now, although the wife accurately notices the dimming lights, her husband insists that she has only imagined a change in the level of illumination. And it's one of a series of unexplained incidents that lead the wife to suspect that she might be slowly going mad. And there's another definition from the website verywellmind.com. And by the way, I'll put all the stuff in the show notes. This definition is, quote, a form of psychological abuse where a person or group makes someone question their sanity, perception of reality, or memories. People experiencing gaslighting often feel confused, anxious, and unable to trust themselves, end quote. So you see, gaslighting is an insidious and intentional form of manipulation. Now, there are some warning signs. Um, There's here, I found 11 warning signs of gaslighting from psychology today. So I thought it would be worthwhile to just go down a few of these. So number one, gaslighters tell blatant lies. It's like, you know, it's an outright lie, yet they're telling you this lie with a straight face, okay? Number two, they deny they ever said something, even though you have proof. Number three, they use what is near and dear to you as ammunition. Number four, they wear you down over time. Number five, their actions do not match their words. Number six, they throw in positive reinforcement to confuse you. Number seven, they know confusion weakens people. Number eight, they project For example, if they use drugs or cheat, they are constantly accusing you of that. And that's done so often that you start trying to defend yourself, which distracts you from the gaslighter's own behavior. Number nine, they try to align people against you. Number 10, they tell you or others that you are crazy. And number 11, they tell you everyone else is a liar. It's important to know that anybody can be victimized by a gaslighter or a manipulator. Now, a general manipulator may not be as intentional or as cruel as a gaslighter, but it is still quite frustrating to be in a relationship with a general manipulator. Now, manipulators, of which gaslighters are one, okay, they're just more extreme and more deliberate, 
But manipulators are concerned basically about one person. And that person is not you. They might talk as if they care about you. And they may even believe that they do. And they may also behave in kind ways once in a while. But at the end of the day, the relationship is about getting their needs met and using you to do it. They may search for your areas of vulnerability to be able to gain control over you. Um, Unfortunately, many areas of vulnerability that women have are their children. So sometimes a manipulator will use a woman's children to get her to do what the manipulator wants her to do. Again, general manipulators, as opposed to gaslighters, they may not be aware of their behavior. And so they may be genuinely surprised if you try to call them out on it. Now, some manipulators had to develop those skills to survive an abusive childhood. Um, I would actually posit that most, if not all, people who have significant manipulation behavior patterns did experience some form of abuse or neglect somewhere in their childhood years. So if you are doing what I call the dance of dysfunction with a gaslighter or a manipulator, what are your choices? What are some things to consider? Well, first of all, boundaries Okay, I have not been called the boundaries queen for no reason. I keep getting back to boundaries, 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 because boundaries will save your life. It's when you have a very good understanding of what belongs to you to be responsible for and what does not. What are you not responsible for? So, you know, if you've listened to prior episodes, and if you haven't, if you're a first-time listener, I would strongly suggest that you listen to the first five episodes because it really talks about boundaries more in depth. But basically, what you are responsible for, what's in your yard, so to say, are your thoughts, your feelings and opinions, and your actions. Now, what did I not mention? You are not responsible for someone else's thoughts, someone else's feelings, someone else's opinions or their actions. Now think about that for a moment, especially if you're in a relationship with a manipulator. If they blame you because they're upset, do you see what I'm saying? Their upset is theirs. It's their emotion. You are responsible for your behavior. If you have been obnoxiously abusive, if you have been abusive, period, if you've been uh, you know, use profanity in a malicious way with someone, calling them names, that kind of thing, that's on you. You need to own that and, and manage that better, be more healthy with that. But how the other person is feeling about something is not your issue. Manipulators will frequently try to make you feel responsible for what they do and how they feel. They'll blame you for it. And I'll reference what I brought up in the last session, or the three C's. Remember that 
you did not cause whatever is going on with them, why they're behaving the way that they're behaving. You clearly can't control it. That's probably painfully obvious by now. And you can't cure it. And unfortunately, the vast majority of people who are gaslighters and or general manipulators, they rarely darken the door of a therapist's office. It's the people that are in relationships with these people that end up in therapy. (laughs) Understanding as well, talking about things to consider, that when you do set boundaries with manipulators, they're not going to like it because manipulating is a form of control. They're trying to kind of find a way, trying to find your weak areas, trying to find things to say or do that's going to get you to do what they want you to do. And when you set boundaries, that makes it very difficult for them to do that. So naturally, they don't like it. If you're going to be, if you're going to set healthy boundaries, then you have to understand right from the beginning that you're going to need to get comfortable with saying no, and you're going to need to get comfortable with understanding that other people are not going to like necessarily when you set your boundaries. Now, if you're in a relationship with a healthy person, an emotionally healthy person, then usually you're not even aware of boundaries because they just naturally respect them. I've said in a prior episode, it's sort of like when you're in a relationship with someone and you all have healthy boundaries, you don't think about them, much like you don't normally walk around thinking about your throat, do you? But if you end up with strep throat, then you're thinking about your throat a lot. Why? Because it hurts, because something's wrong with it. That's the same way with boundaries. So that's why you don't really think about this so much when you're in a relationship with someone who's emotionally healthy, because they will just naturally respect your boundaries. When you set boundaries with a manipulator, they don't like it because it inhibits their ability to control you. One of those control tactics, like I said a few minutes ago, is trying to make you feel guilty if they're upset about something. Because if you can feel guilty, then they can, you know, maneuver you into doing what they want you to do. Another thing to consider is developing a support system. If you're in a relationship with a gaslighter or or someone who you think might be a gaslighter based on the, the previous, the warning signs that I mentioned earlier, I would strongly suggest that you develop a strong support system. A gaslighter and or a general manipulator generally don't like it when you are in relationships with other people, like friendships and things, because you get input from other people and you share with other people the things that they're doing. And when you do, the feedback that you get is that is not right. What they're doing is not right. And so you're able to kind of reevaluate and step back and go, okay, I need to reevaluate this and consider, do I want to be in this relationship, which weakens the control of the gaslighter and the manipulator. So I strongly suggest that you would develop a good support system of people, friends, go to get into therapy, find a therapist, explain the whole situation to therapists. Therapists don't have a dog in the race. They don't have a reason to view anything any kind of way. So they're just going to listen to what you say and give you good objective feedback with your best interest at heart. You might want to consider, you know, church 
going to having some church friends, you know, having some people pray, you know, these types of things. Something else you might want to consider doing when you're in these relationships is breaking your silence. Uh, having an honest conversation with those around you who know you well and who love you. The reason why breaking the silence might be difficult is that sometimes if a person has been in a relationship with a gaslighter or manipulator for long, they feel ashamed of themselves they f- because the manipulator and gaslighter has blamed them and made them feel like they're crazy, like something's wrong with them. And so they're ashamed of what they've done, They and they kind of half or 100% believe the gaslighter or the manipulator. Break the silence. Speak what is happening, okay? However it feels, whatever it seems like, find someone. If you don't want to tell a friend, then go to a therapist. Therapists are great because it's confidential. Nobody knows what you're saying in there. So if you sound like the fool, doesn't mean you are a fool, but sometimes we feel like we sound like the fool. No one else is going to hear but your therapist. So there, what is the saying that goes, uh, we are as sick as our secrets? So if you are holding secrets, if there's something that you're not telling people about, about how you're being treated, then this is a big red waving flag. Okay, break the silence. Tell somebody, tell somebody who's safe. And again, reaching out and developing your support system and listening to them. Listen to your friends. If you have people around you, family and friends that have known you for a good long while and they care about you, they know your personality, they know your background, you know, they're there for you. If they're giving you feedback, listen to it, especially if there's a common thread. Because sometimes there's what happens is sort of like a... um, a battered woman syndrome in a sense where we get to where we, we just don't want to believe it. And when other people are giving us feedback about it, we make excuses for the abuser. If you happen to be in the situation, if you're breaking your silence, if you're telling your truth, if you're reaching out, if your therapist and your friends and your family are all generally telling you the same thing, listen even if you don't like what they're saying, and especially if you don't like what they're saying. If they're all generally saying the same thing. Now, there might be that one outlier that has some kind of beef to pick or whatever with, you know, with whoever, with the gaslighter or the manipulator and there's some kind of thing going on. That's not your problem. But if you're seeing a, a, a pattern, a pattern of, of input coming to you from all these people that you have sought out, then listen to what they're saying. Hang out with your friends again. Go out. Go out to eat. Go to movies. Go, you know, go hang out with their friends. Go, you know, go places. Go shopping. Go do, go do things with your friends again. Don't let yourself be isolated. You know, when I was doing my notes for this session, I was, I was initially going to say, you know, offer to uh, get them help, meaning the gaslighter. But then I realized that's ridiculous because a gaslighter would probably laugh in your face while telling you that you were the one that needed help. Just saying. But a more run-of-the-mill manipulator would probably let you do all the work, like finding the therapist, organizing everything, go to therapy, and then they would 
more than likely use therapy as a tool to, mani- to manipulate you even further. This generally doesn't work well. If somebody actually wants to change, then they're going to. I've noticed over time there's a couple things that have to be in place for somebody to really change. And of course, I'm in the business of change, so I've seen it happen all the time. It's just a wonderful thing, but two things have to be present. Number one, the person has to recognize that there's something about them that is dysfunctional and that needs to change, which a gaslighter, I don't see ever getting to that point, and a manipulator, like a, just a general run-of-the-mill manipulator, probably won't get to that point either. But even if they do, number two has to be in place as well. They have to be willing to do the work of change. They have to find their therapist, go to the therapy sessions, do the homework assignments, actually do the work of change. And generally someone who has a significant manipulative behavior pattern, they're not going to do that. They might go to therapy because, to be honest, in the beginning of therapy, you get a lot of attention. You know, they get to tell their story and all this kind of stuff, and a a manipulator Uh, likes that part sometimes they get a lot of attention but when it comes to actually being expected to change their behavior when they get called on their behavior they don't like that and usually stop coming at that point because they never had any real intention of changing but a manipulator will go to therapy so they can say see I went to therapy I did what you asked me to do didn't do any good so people change if they want to and they will not change if they don't want to But you, however, can get into therapy. And in therapy, you can strengthen your trust in yourself because lots of times that that gets broken down when you're in a relationship, certainly with a gaslighter and often with a manipulator. You start to second-guessing yourself. You don't even trust your own opinions anymore. So getting into therapy helps you strengthen your trust in yourself. It also helps you to release your shame at being victimized. You know, I've had... Some, some ladies, highly, highly intelligent, rock stars in their field of study that have been victimized in these ways. And they were embarrassed and ashamed. And anybody can be victimized by these individuals. Anybody. So if you happen to be in a relationship like this, go to therapy. Work this out. Release the shame at being victimized. Therapy also gives you coping strategies of what do you do? How do you interact with this individual? And to help you see the relationship with clearer vision. Because a lot of times, well, most all the time if you're with a gaslighter, but most of the time if you're with a manipulator, because of the way they function, you you feel like you can't see things clearly. It's It's like the air is filled with dust. And you can't see clearly. And so when you're finally away from this toxic individual for a period of time and you're able to go into therapy, your vision begins to clear. Um, It also gives you a non-judgmental, confidential support system when you go to therapy. You don't have to worry about anybody finding out what you said. Because if you're in a relationship with a gaslighter, they're really good at... Uh, you know, like one of the warning signs was of turning people against you, telling lies. Other people will have a very different opinion of them than, than what you see at the house or wherever. 
And so you don't really know who to trust sometimes. But if you're in therapy, that's confidential. You can share whatever you want to. And you know, like I said a few minutes ago, it's not really unusual for manipulators to present one face to other people and a very different one with you. So being in therapy can help with that. Sometimes people need to get legal counsel. Um, just because you're going to get some kind of consultation information from an attorney doesn't mean you're making any choices. Doesn't mean you're signing on the dotted line for anything, but sometimes in some situations, it's worth it to just go talk to an attorney, explain kind of what's going on, just to so get the lay of the land, understand that if you decide to make decisions to separate yourself from this person, what might happen legally and how would you deal with that? Access of information many times decreases anxiety. If you're in a relationship with a gaslighter, then, you know, you can use some of the above suggestions and the goal eventually needs to be on some level to sever the relationship. But depending on the nature of the gaslighter, some of them can be quite dangerous. So you need to be very careful. You know, like I said, reaching out to other people, going to therapy, get get other people on board so that you're not alone. You're not thinking alone and other people can help you um, look at the situation. And also, like I said, information from an attorney. You may even, you know, I've run into some situations where somebody had to go to the police and kind of tell them what's going on and sort of understand where they, you know, what they need to do to protect themselves and their children sometimes. So if you're in a relationship with just a general manipulator, set healthy boundaries and see if the manipulator can respect them. If they do, you might be able to salvage some part of the relationship. If the manipulator refuses to respect your boundaries, then you may need to consider ending that relationship as well. So I hope something in this episode has given you food for thought, uh, might be helpful to you in some way. If you have gotten anything out of it, then I would appreciate it if you would share it on your social media. Uh, if you heard anything today that you think might be helpful to a friend or a family member, I would appreciate you sharing it with them so we can build our Phoenix and Flame community. If you would like to send me an email, you can go to phoenixandflame.com and click on contact me, or you can just go to Dana Skaggs, D-A-N-A-S-K-A-G-G-S at phoenixandflame.com. That's just straight to the email. If you have any comments, if you have any questions, if there's a particular topic that you would like to hear me do an episode on in the future, you can leave me an email on that as well. So I hope you are having a wonderful day. And this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.